Thanks so much for joining us today on Leesburg Community Church's podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, including directions and service times, please visit leesburgcc.org. On our website, you can also find notes and daily devotionals based on this teaching. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you liked today's message. We're in Ephesians 4. Feels like we've been there for a long time. We're going to keep being there for a long time. So we're, we're moving into like a little sub-series, if you want to call it. So Ephesians, we've said it's united in Christ. That's the big message. We are united in Christ. Here's what Christ has done for us and for all people. We're, we're, we're in Christ. And as we are in Christ, Paul switches in chapter 4 and says, now that you've received all these blessings, now that you've known, I've reminded you of all of what God has done for you. And that it was his free gift that, that poured out to us from his love and his mercy and his grace. Now that you absolutely understand your position as being a child of God, you understand that you have been given every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm right now. Then he switches in four and says, and now, start acting like it. And now, start living like it. And now, start being a child of God. Because you are one, but start living like you're one. Never forget the football program that I took over. It wasn't, you know, it was successful at one time or another. We had a couple rough years. And one of the first things I had to do is I had to go in there and I had to tell them this. Start playing and practicing and living and talking like a champion. And you're like, all right, that's nice, Tim. That's, that's a football term. Hey, child of God. Hey, son or daughter of the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Hey, the one who's been redeemed given every spiritual blessing, been empowered by the Holy Spirit with the power that can do immeasurably more than you ever think or, or, or can ask, right? That's all from the first three chapters of Ephesians. Hey, let's start living this new life. You see, because one of the things I want to make sure is really clear after last week, and I'm not sure I made it incredibly clear. We talked about putting off the old self, the old way we used to live, the old person we were, and putting on the new self. Well, that can make it sound like this new person we are in Christ kind of comes in increments. We learn a little bit, and then God gives us a little bit more, and we learn a little bit. That, is, that, that would be entirely untrue. When you have given your life to Christ, when you have received all these blessings that God has for you, when you receive the work that he did on the cross, when he indwells you with the Holy Spirit, you are made new. It's done. You are given the Holy Spirit, equipped with the fullness of the power that rose Jesus from the dead that is now at work within you, the fullness of it. But what we have to do is we have to learn to live in that new relationship, to live in that new life and that new relationship. Now, our old nature is still there, and it's still battling. It's still battling God. It's still battling us. It's still battling. And so there's this battle that's taking place. Are we going to live like the old man or woman? Or are we going to live in the newness of Christ? It's given to us. We're empowered to do it. We're given all that we need to do it. We're given the fullness of the word of God and the fullness of the spirit within us. Are we going to live in it? So each day we're learning more and more about what it means to live in the newness, not hoping to gain more of the newness. We're learning more and more. Remember what Ephesians 4, 24 that we taught on last week said this. 
You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your mind. To put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. That's our call. That's our life. We're going to be like God, living in holiness and righteousness. We're no longer at war with God. We're going to live as sons and daughters. Romans 6, Paul put it this way in Romans 6, 4. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life right now. Baptism is one of those amazing things that doesn't give us new life. It represents the new life that we have. And it's not a new life that we will slowly attain. We don't go up and get baptized every week because now we need a little bit more new life, a little bit more new life, a little bit more new life. No, we've been given the fullness of a life in Christ. We've been given the fullness of this new life that we're to live. And baptism represents exactly that. If you have not been baptized, let me encourage you this. It represents the life that you have. It represents that you follow Jesus Christ. It was a command that we would be baptized, and so that in obedience, we go and we're baptized. And our old life, which we really need to remind ourselves of sometimes, is buried with Christ. It does not have to exist. In other words, it does not have to win the battle. We allow it to. It is buried with Christ, and we are risen, made new in Christ. If you haven't followed Jesus Christ in obedience and have been baptized, I want to challenge you to do that. On September 9th, we're going to have baptisms, and we'll have them again and again. But don't wait. Don't delay. Be baptized and tell the world that you follow Jesus. And let yourself be reminded, I live new. I'm a new creation. So Paul goes through this series of explanations. It's not enough just to tell us that we're a new creation. He tells us how we're going to live in that new creation. He starts to just pick apart our lives, if you will. He takes the ordinary, everyday moments of our lives, those vices that we're calling them, and he tells us about the virtues now that we get to live in. The old way that we used to just simply pursue our own desires, our own will, our own ambitions, whatever we felt we did, and now he's saying there's a new way. And so he's taking these individual pieces of our lives and he starts to contrast them, compare and contrast. And he says this, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. And in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. Last week, we looked at, we we worked on that we're going to have to be in the word and learn what this new life is all about. That's what Paul's doing here. He's teaching us. But then we're going to have to go do it. It's not enough just to know there's an old way and a new way. We're going to have to go live it out. And then we said we're going to have to be involved in one one another's lives. Because he wants us to be in the family of God. He has equipped us. He has gifted us. That we would pour into one another's lives, helping one another to know and understand what this new life is that we've been given. Helping us to wrestle with what this new life. And it's supposed to be in the context of one another. So last week we said, we live this out, we learn, we do, and we help one another by being involved in one another's lives. It's supposed to happen, this new life is supposed to happen in the context of family. Then Doug alluded to it a little bit earlier, we put on in your bulletin ways that you would serve. 
you were gifted to serve one another, to grow up in your walk with Christ, to mature. And so my challenge to you is this. Help one another grow up in Christ. Be involved with one another. Give to one another. Serve one another. That we would teach one another about this new life. If you haven't checked one of those boxes, check one. If you don't know which box to check, just put your name down. We'll give you a call and walk you through it. And then you might say, I don't like any of these boxes. None of these boxes fit who I am. Well, then we gave you three or four lines. You can send us an email. You can make it a book. I don't care. What's God doing in your life? What's he asking you to say yes to? How's he asking you to serve the body of Christ? We'll help you do it. We'll help you figure it out because that's what we're supposed to do with one another. Let's look at this old nature and new nature. The old nature, the old man in us, the old woman in us spoke falsely and lied. The new nature speaks truthfully. Ephesians 4.25 said this, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood, to put it away, right? To put it off and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Listen to how serious Jesus was about speaking the truth and not to be a deceitful person. John 8, 44 says this. You belong to the father, the devil. You want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. For there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. To lie is to align ourselves with the deceitful one, the evil one, with Satan. To lie is to align ourselves with the old nature, which is aligned and in conflict and not at peace with God, who is truth. So anytime we enter into a falsehood, anytime we lie, anytime we misrepresent ourselves on purpose, we are aligning ourselves with the father of lies. We're not saying you lose your salvation or you're no longer a child of God. You're just living knee deep in the old nature. Proverbs 12, says this, The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. Detest lying lips. Mm. But he delights in trustworthy people. Let's look at his falsehood and lies for a minute. They destroy relationships. So when we live in the midst of lies and falsehood, it destroys relationships. Now listen, Paul wasn't sitting here talking to, you know, thinking that everybody at the church of Ephesus or the providence of that area, that everybody there was just a big liar. They were walking around and not a truth was coming out of their mouth. They're habitual liars. He was just talking to the everyday person. Let's be honest. Anybody ever have to teach you how to lie? You figured it out pretty quick. Anybody ever have to remind you to lie? No, you reminded yourself pretty often. Right? Think about back to your kids. Some of you have young ones right now. Some of them are a little bit older. But come on. Did you ever teach them how to lie? And yet those boogers knew how to do it real quick. Right? They could just do it. All of a sudden they realized, oh, no. Oh, if I, if I, if I say yes to this or if I say, yeah, Mommy, that's what I was doing, I get, I'm going to go in time out. I want to keep playing. Lie. Oh, no. If I tell the truth, I won't get any more peanut butter for whatever reason. Lie. I want more peanut butter. 
whatever it is, whatever the situation might be, our young ones knew real quick, let's lie. Because why? Lying is all about me. Deceit is all about me. It's making sure that someone's understanding of me, I am crafting that the way I want to craft that. I don't want anybody to be discouraged, displeased with me. I don't want anybody to be to think down of me. I don't want to have any of those things. So I'll, I'll lie my way through something or I'll tell just a little lie. Or I just don't want the trouble. I don't want the heartache. I don't want the, I don't want the hassle. If I just say it this way, it gets over quick, right? It just gets over. And yet, the quickest way to destroy a relationship is to destroy the trust in the relationship. Our relationships are built on trust. That what comes out of my mouth is true. That what comes out of my heart is true. Doesn't mean we won't make mistakes. Doesn't mean we won't mess up. It just means that who I am is true. Trustworthy. Reliable. I don't speak falsely. But instead I speak truthfully. We are trustworthy or not. We can be counted on or we can't. People can depend on our words or they can't. We are family and we won't lie to one another or will we? Trust is built on a solid foundation, piece by piece by piece. A solid foundation of trust. And when lies or falsehoods enter into that relationship, it begins to tear down the very fabric of that foundation. Especially in our marriages. Everybody needs to know we can depend on one another. There's no doubt about it. But think about it in our marriages. There's always those relational moments, those huge moments, those, those lifetime moments. Maybe they're during a crisis. Or maybe they're during a, just a season of insecurity or whatever it happens to be. And we need to know that our spouse is true and faithful. And that the words that are going to come out of their mouth are accurate and trustworthy. But when, we, when we've been a person who has lied bit by bit and piece by piece, all of a sudden those, those major moments, those, those watershed moments, those moments when I need to hear from my spouse that they are there no matter what. And I need to know that I am theirs no matter what. And I need to be assured of their love and I need to hear their words. They need to be built on trust from all the small, tiny, seemingly insignificant moments. Am I trustworthy? Am I faithful? Put off speaking falsely and begin to speak truthfully. It is the quickest way Lies and falsehoods to destroy a relationship. Along those same, same lines, Paul's been talking this entire time about unity in the church. That we're all united under Christ. We're all united under his teaching. We're all united as his sons and daughters. We all come to him the exact same way by invitation of him, by his works, not by our works. We all come the same way. And he says, so we are united in Christ. There is to be unity. Of all the places, we've talked about it week in and week out, of all the places in this entire universe that unity should be found, it's in the body of Christ. Of all the places that there should be trust found, it's in the body of Christ. 
Of all the places that falsehood should be the furthest away from our lips, it's in the body of Christ. Because truth builds unity. Falsehood and deceit shatter it. Here's what we do in the body of Christ. And it happens in our families and other relationships as well, right? Where there's multiple people. But in the body of Christ, when we bring deceit into it, we bring falsehoods into it, we're dividing and making the body choose. Oh, no, I'm with them. They're telling the truth. No, 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 I'm against them. They're lying. And suddenly the body is divided. We are never supposed to see that happen. And then when, when everybody finds out that he was lying or she was lying, then not only is there anger and resentment towards them, but there's anger and resentment on this side that they took that side of a liar, and it just shatters and tears and rips down the body of Christ. Speak truthfully. We need to be a transparent body of Christ. We need to be one that is real and honest with one another. We're gentle and loving with our words. We're kind with our words. We're compassionate with our words. But we're truthful with our words. Lying will rip apart our unity. It damages our Christian testimony. It damages our Christian testimony. Look, the world is watching and listening to us. And we are sharing about Jesus Christ. We're sharing about the truth of who he is. We're sharing about the truth of what Scripture says about how to walk with Him. We're sharing about the truth of what holiness and righteousness is. We're sharing about the truth, and yet if we don't watch our words, and we don't speak truthfully in, in all the other areas of our lives, then those listening to our testimony of Jesus, listening to our testimony of God's Word, they'll go, what? Oh, man, I don't believe you. You make up stories all the time. You got the biggest fish stories I've ever heard. You know, I mean, I don't believe you for a second. Or maybe it's a coworker, And they're like, really? You want me to believe you? How many stories did you have last month about being late or missing work? Come on. By the way, how many grandmothers do you really have? Right? When we're untruthful in these areas, and we start to talk about Jesus Christ and the truth of who he is, they're like, whatever. hurts our Christian testimony. Or maybe it's in a place we're working. Maybe it's in a place we're serving or helping. And we're willing to lie to accomplish what we want. We're willing to lie to get that contract. We're willing to lie to get that extra sale. We're willing to say what they want us to say. And I know, I know, I know, some of you are saying, hey, 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 you just got into my business, literally. I know. But you're new now. You don't do things the way the world does any longer. You don't do things the way the old nature does it. You're new. You were buried with Christ, risen anew. And we trust him. He adopted us and made us his sons and daughters. Do you not protect your sons and daughters? Do you not help them through a crisis? When they come to you and they have to tell you this crazy thing and, it's, and you're like, you did what? And they're like, I know. Do you not walk them through it? Will our Father not do the same for us? We can trust Him. We're to trust Him. But we, we pull back our jobs, or we pull back our relationships, or we pull back whatever it is. And we say, I don't, I don't want to lose that, or I don't want to put that in jeopardy, or you don't understand, if I don't get this deal, I will be fired. 
And so we say whatever we have to say to get the deal. And the Lord the whole time is going, I, I, I had your back. I was going to take care of you. Now that doesn't mean you're going to keep your job. It doesn't mean that at all. It just means I will provide for you. I will care for you. I will lead you. I will guide you. And there will be another pasture for you, I promise. But instead, because we're so concerned about that or so worried about that or so fighting for that next promotion or so fighting for the next dollar amount or whatever it is, that we will absolutely jeopardize our witness and our testimony because everyone around you is watching you cheat for that deal, is watching you lie, is watching you represent your company falsely, whatever it would happen to be. And it's not just companies, right? It's all sorts of things. And then... You try talking about Jesus Christ and how much you depend on him and how much you trust him and how he is everything in your life. And they're like, yeah, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to see that doesn't add up, buddy. It matters. It matters greatly. The old nature was fearful. The old nature had to lie, cheat, maybe even steal to protect itself. The new nature doesn't. It puts off falsehood. And speaks truthfully. But there's another way that it damages our testimony. Not just to the person who doesn't know Christ. But the one who does. Remember we're always trying to teach and help the body grow up. We're always trying to help one another mature. In their walk with Christ. We're always helping each one another help us. Help to understand what this new life is. Especially our kids. And they're watching. Oh they're watching. And you're teaching. And you're teaching. Sometimes you're teaching. Sometimes I'm teaching the right thing. And then every once in a while, the phone rings. Hey, who are you looking for? Tim. Uh, Tim. Senior? <laughs> no, 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 wrong number. No, you missed them all together. No, wrong number. I don't, I don't know where he's at. Could have been his number, but not anymore. All right, thanks. All right, son, let's keep playing those video games because I didn't want anything to get in the way. <laughs> you and I don't want to. I won't be your, I'm gonna be your dad. I'm always going to be here. Things can't get in the way of us. You're teaching. You're teaching. Yeah, no, I, I can't come in today. I'm sick. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm sick. I'll, I'll be in the next couple days because I'm sick. I'm not sick. I had to get the honeydew list done that I didn't get done this weekend because I went golfing. They're watching. And then they come home one day. They just don't want to deal with it. They don't want to hassle. There's something else they want to do, not what you're trying to instruct them and teach them. And they lie. And we are absolutely taken aback and shocked. We're appalled. What? So we stop. The Holy Spirit starts talking to us. We're like, hey, hey, you taught them that. You showed them. You demonstrated it. No, I never taught them to lie to me. I never taught them to tell their mom and dad a lie. Yeah, when you didn't want to deal with something, when you didn't want to go through the consequences, when we lied to our spouse to avoid a conflict, all those things that our kids are watching, we're teaching. And they are going to stop listening to our testimony about what is right and true and good. And they're no longer going to listen to it. It matters. Now listen, I said a moment ago, we won't do this perfectly. Every day we got to practice putting on the new self. Every day. So what do we do? We go and we fix it quickly. And we're going to talk about that next week. We're not getting to it this week. The whole part about anger and dealing with it quickly and, and not letting the devil get a foothold and things like that. But let me just say this. We will fail. And it's just important 
that if we told a falsehood, if we shared something false about somebody else, if we got online and said some stupid stuff that really wasn't true or there was a little bit of a half-truth to it, and that's all there was, we go to that person and we confess. Hey, hey, I, I sinned. I messed up. I treated you poorly. I lied to you. Build unity back up. Build the trust back up by coming forward and saying, I messed up. And I'm going to do everything I can to lift you up, to build you up, to create unity in our relationship, to build this trust. I want you to know that while I'm an imperfect person and while I absolutely fail, it is never my goal. It's never my desire to fail you in that way again. I want you to trust everything I say. So remember, he said to put off falsehood and to speak truthfully. What does that mean to speak truthfully? And you're like, yeah, it's not rock science, Tim. It's truth. What does it mean to speak truthfully? Jesus gives us a great understanding. In Matthew 5, 33 through 37, he says this. He says this. Again, you have heard that it was said to people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill it to the Lord. But fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. I'm sorry. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by earth, for it is footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. What is truth? Yes or no? My yes is my yes. My no is my no. And you can count on it. You can take it to the bank. What I just said is true. Regardless of the consequence, regardless of how it makes me look, regardless of, of what I have to go through, my yes is yes and my no is no. You can bank on it. It was made that simple. Jesus made sure that we would know that it is that simple. Now listen, this doesn't give you, to speak truthfully all the time, my yes is my yes, my no is my no. This doesn't give you license to be rude. It doesn't give you license to be insensitive. It doesn't give you license to say whatever you want to say. Look, there's truth that sometimes just doesn't need to be said because number one, it wasn't asked for. And number two, you're saying it just to be mean. So we don't have to do it that way. We don't have to be rude to anybody. I can talk to somebody politely. I can, I can share truth kindly and gently, which Paul commands us to do up in verses 1 and 2 of chapter 4. He says, speak the truth in love with gentleness and kindness. That's the way we're supposed to speak it to one another. So we never just blurt something out. We never just ram something in somebody's face. We never put them down. And we try as hard as we can to be incredibly respectful. But at the same time, we don't flatter somebody when flattery isn't deserved, right? That's sometimes I'm doing it for myself. So again, it's still speaking the truth. When I walk up to somebody, for instance, if, if Nate, you know, he came here and he really sounded terrible. Man, dude, really? Huh, singing, man, that wasn't that good. And I walk up to him, I'm like, brother, man, you sounded great. I never heard something like that before. That was really good. You know, and we all gather up as the board and the church. And we're praying. We're like, yeah, no, not Nate. He can't sing. Well, what in the world did I just tell him he could for? We don't flatter somebody when it's not due. We don't do those things just for relationship. Here's the other thing, too. I was taught this by an eighth grader. It's important. 
We're sitting in uh, my living room one day, and it was actually right here. A bunch of eighth grade boys there, and we're talking, and we went through this passage. Let your yes be your yes, your no be your no. It's also not saying that passage. We can swear on an oath. We can go to the court of law. We can swear. We can do those things. It's saying that you shouldn't have to swear on anything at all. No pinky swears. No, I promise. I promise to God. You shouldn't have to do any of those things. Your yes is your yes. Your no is your no. And we're teaching this passage, and these young eighth grade boys are sitting there, and we're talking about different things. This one kid pipes up, and he comes from a single mom family, and he's like, hey, uh, Tim, sometimes you got to lie. I'm like, no, no, you don't. No, no, sometimes you got to lie. You just got to lie sometimes. And I'm like, no, you don't. He goes, yep. When mom comes down the steps and she's wearing this dress and uh, she goes, hey, hey, do I look fat in this dress? He goes, I'm lying. (laughs) And then he proceeded to tell us that his mom had several dresses that she looked fat in. And I was like, no, no, you don't. Not even in that moment, you don't. And then he said this. He said, well, what do you say to Miss Chris? Well, I tell her she looks great. I go, so how about if we stop doing that? How about when Miss Chris comes and asks me how she looks? If she doesn't look good, the dress is not very flattering, how about if I let her know that there's a, another dress that she looks better in? How about I let her know that a really favorite dress she has is that blue one? How about if I find a way to speak nicely to her, but not to hurt her feelings? Let's make sure I tell her the truth. Build one another up. Build trust in your relationships no matter what. Never let lies and deceit rip apart the unity of your family or this church. And above all, protect your witness. People are always watching. This is the truth. How we handle our lives is how people will handle this truth. Guard. Speak truthfully. When we fail, fix it. Father, thank you for who you are. Thank you that you didn't just give us this new life and tell us just go live it. You're teaching us. You're showing us. You're unpacking it. You're comparing it. You're contrasting it. You are giving us these everyday moments that we live in. You want us to be truthful people. Father, help us to live that way. Help us to be truthful people. Help us to have integrity and to put the falsehoods that come from an insecurity, put the falsehoods that come from a place of just being unsure of our future, for not knowing yet how to trust you. Help us to put all that away and to live in the trust of you and who you are and that you have us in our lives. And so, Father, we'll trust you. And in turn, We'll speak truthfully. In your name we pray. Amen. Have an amazing week. Stop by the prayer board, right? Sign up to work on the 25th. Serve some people. If you need prayer, we're going to stay up here. Have an amazing week and be blessed.